Welcome to the Coaching Matters Podcast brought to you by Fundraising University and Brian Kane Peak Performance. Coaching Matters is a nonprofit foundation whose primary purpose is to help coaches, athletes, and activities directors succeed in their programs, schools, and communities. Fundraising University works to help you raise the most amount of money in the least amount of time with the least amount of interference to support coaches and activities directors in enhancing the student experience and life skill development that is a critical component of our educational systems. Brian Kane, one of the world's leading mental performance coaches, works to educate, empower, and energize you to be your best through his 10 pillars of mental performance mastery systems. Together, each week, we bring you interviews, question and answer sessions, and group coaching around mastering mental performance, creating elite culture, and developing the leadership skills you need to succeed. And now, this week's Coaching Matters Podcast. And this is Brian Kane, host of the Coaching Matters Group Coaching Podcast, here with Moorhead State baseball coach Mick Aoki. We're talking about transformational versus transactional coaching. And if you joined us last week on the podcast, some tremendous, tremendous content about the importance of creating a culture, the importance of, of using your sport and in Coach Aoki's case, baseball as a classroom to teach life and teach how to be successful, about teaching people how to live out of principle, not preference, and to really give yourself the best chance for success. And on this portion of the, of the call and the podcast, we're going to go into some questions that have come in and we've got a lot here. So I want to start with a question that comes in from Russ Waterman and Russ says, coach, how much of a challenge is it to get athletes from all walks of life and all different high school programs to gel and follow process over outcome? I think it's incredibly challenging. I think you have to talk about it all the time. Um, you know, the kids who are getting to play in college, whether that's at the JUCO level, NAIA level, or, you know, whatever, these are kids who have enjoyed a great deal of success and they are absolutely outcome driven. They're driven by hits. They want to get strikeouts. They want to get their numbers and they're going to come into a place, the higher they go, that those things are going to be different or, or, or more difficult to, to achieve. And so I think a hundred percent, you have to talk about it all the time. We talk about it on a regular basis. You know, we talk about the idea of, Hey, look, you know, you're just trying to execute the pitch that you intend to execute. Um, you know, you can control, your attitude when you're getting ready to hit or pitch, you can control, you know, your, your mindset. And that's probably the most important thing. And then after that, as a hitter, you know, you're, you're up there and you pick out the best pitch that you can and you try to put it on the barrel. And after that, you know, you can't control it. Cause if you could, if you could put it exactly where you want it all the time, you'd be making Mike, Mike Trout money. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we'd all be, we'd all be doing all right. If you could put it exactly where you want, your name would be Rod Carew, right? Yeah, 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 yeah right. <laughs> so yeah. one of the best hitters of all time. You know, uh, Coach Mick, another question comes in from Kevin. He's a high school athletic director and, and a high school golf coach in Michigan. And he says, uh, I see that you're very intentional about building your program's culture. Beyond your core principles of, of Ann Eagle, what other strategies do you use to build that culture? Um, I mean, I, I, we like to try to do a lot of like, you know, team building types of things. Um, some of it fun, you know, early, early in the year as an introductory thing, it was kind of, um, you know, we had backyard games, right? So we've got a couple of cornhole things. We got some spike ball, we got uh, bottle bash. We got all of these things. We had a barbecue and then, you know, we were out in the outfield playing with all this stuff. So you do all of those things, but I, I, I don't think for me anyway, I can stray very far from the idea of like 
just we we try to tie everything back to being an eagle mm-hmm. right um you know if, if a kid and, and i think you know the other one too is like you try to catch kids doing the right thing as much as you're trying to catch kids like kind of not doing the right thing right um and i think it's it's an important part from the way that we leave the locker room the way that we leave the dugout um you know the way in which we conduct ourselves it's the standard to which they're all held you know that that's our expectation that this is what you're going to be all the time but in terms of like the um you know we've done the perspective posters things which i think are great we've done the hero hardship uh highlight thing which i think is really good um we have this year added at the very beginning of practice, just trying to do some, um, you know, kind of some breathing and meditation and visualization at the, at the beginning of every practice to try to help them, give them tools to, to be in the present moment, to be able to release those mental bricks, going back to Brian Kane 101, you know, uh, so yeah. Let's, let's, let's talk about that. If you would, Mick, talk more about the kind of the breathing and the meditation you do at the start of practice. Are they listening to an app? Are they laying down in the outfield or you or one of your assistants are talking them through it? Like, what does that look like for our coaches around the call that go, man, I want to do that as a part of my pre-practice routine to help my athletes kind of bridge the gap from being a student into then being an athlete. Uh, so we've been doing it in the outfield and the guys are all laying around and I try to talk them through it. Right. Um, and, and, and I am 100% sure that I'm probably like the worst at doing this of anybody in the United States. But I also think that from a practical standpoint, I think it's really important for them to be able to transition from being a student to being a baseball player. But I also think that in this day and age of like just, you know, the, the heightened awareness of, of, of mental health. I think that whatever it is, the five minutes or the eight minutes that they get to try to be able to just slow themselves down to just kind of like look inwardly. We talk about putting all of their worries and their concerns and their anxieties, like in their little box, right. And keeping them there for two to three hours during the course of practice, um, just to be able to like, kind of just relax for those. I don't know that the kids have that all that much nowadays, you know, and, and I think it's a really important transition. Yeah. I, I think I remember even back in the early two thousands when I was a grad student at Ken of Ken Revisas at Cal state Fullerton. And this is, bef- this is really, be- I mean, definitely before the smartphone, but iPhones, flip phones were around, but not nearly the distraction. There wasn't social media and you still had a hard time quieting this thing. And we'd sit down in class and he'd talk us through a little breathing exercise just to get present. And I think as a coach, being able to take, three to five minutes out of your practice and talk through a breathing exercise to help your athletes bridge the gap from student into athlete and to just be where their feet are. The fact that you as a head coach are seeing that as important enough for you to take time out of your practice and for you to be the one leading it, I think speaks volumes of transformational. But I think the other benefit of it too, is it's also not only going to help them be better at practice and decrease stress in life when they get in difficult situations, it's going to, you're not just saying be where your feet are, but you're training them in how to be where their feet are. And I think that's, that is a, a massive, uh, you know, uh, mindset for coaches to get into. And Mickey, one of the things you mentioned was you might be the worst in the country at doing it. How did you get over that hurdle of going, I'm not good at this. I don't want to do this. When did you just say, okay, I'm going to do it. I think it just got to a point where I just felt like, Hey, you know, this is something that's going to help them. Right. Um, They might not be, 
you know, go through the whole routine and the focus and the refocus and all of those things as much as I want them to. But if I can get there and, and that helps even just one of them be a better player or maybe relieve some stress or do all those different types of things, um, I, I think it was worth doing it. You know, so it's, you know, I noticed up there that you put like the start, right? Like the start, you know, the start people. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is. You know, you just got to, you know, I, I was trying to be an eagle, no fear, right? Let's mm. go. But, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to give it my best opportunity, best shot at it. Love that. You know, and that kind of takes us to my next question that comes in again from Russ Waterman. He's the athletic director at Eastmont High School in Washington, one of, one of the top high school athletic directors in America. And he, he said, how do you celebrate, right? Because I think so many times as coaches, like when someone does something well, we go, well, that's what you're supposed to do. But we'll hammer them on the things they don't do well. But you mentioned you got to catch them doing the right things, right? Because rewarded behavior is repeated behavior. So his question is, Coach Aoki, how do you celebrate those people in your program living the core values and being and being an eagle? And conversely, how do you address those who are below the line and not living like an eagle? I think when I catch them doing the right thing, I, I make it a public thing. When I catch them not doing the right thing, I make it a private thing, right? So I, I bring them in and and talk to them and say, hey, this is this is the standard, right? If their teammates haven't gotten to them first, to be honest with you, right, then, then I do. But, uh, you know, like a good example of it was the other day we, we had our like our fall World Series deal. We had a freshman on the mound and he's a pretty talented kid. And he starts uh, game two, I guess it was in our thing. And like he's pitching fine. He's doing great. Um, had four errors in the same inning right behind him, um, which, you know, maybe I should be concerned about, but nonetheless, but it, you know, it's four errors in the same inning, but he managed through it as a freshman and, and just ended up giving up like, you know, like three runs in his, in his outing. And so at the end of it, it's like, we celebrated that like, Hey, you know, for a freshman to come in here and to be able to work through that adversity and stay present moment focused and not get all banged up about, you know, the error that the shortstop made or this error or whatever it happened to be that's pretty darn good, you know? Um, but at the same time, in that same game, we have a new kid who came in and, uh, you know, he swung over the top of a couple of curveballs in the dirt and he went chasing and the body language was crappy and all of the things. And he wasn't being an Eagle. Well, that's a kid that, you know, after practice, Hey, Hey man, that's not, that's not who and what we are. That's not going to help you. It's not going to help our team. We've got to, we've got to be better than that. Right. And you have, you want to come in and we'll go over a refocus and, you know, uh, and, and, you know, red light, green light, the whole routine, we can, I can go over it with you on an individual basis and let's go, but that can't be it, you know? And so I try not to call kids out, um, you know, for when they're doing the wrong thing, but you try to catch them doing the right thing and, and, and make it and make it as public as you can. Yeah. I love that. Mentality. Hey coach, uh, don't, coach don't, Aoki. Oh, yep. Sorry, Brian. No, come on. Hey coach. Uh, this is Mike Bahoon um, after Brian finishes his thoughts if you could um, I know for an example we've got a really good friend of mine um, that's the Scottsdale Community College baseball coach and a good friend of mine who was the Colorado State champion and another new friend of mine Chris in Michigan who uh, runs one of the best programs in Michigan and um, it'd be nice to hear with, with all the different resources and tools and confusion what's the best way for a high school or even a junior college coach in Alex's case, uh, what's the best way for those to advocate for kids and the most appropriate way to initiate that with a head coach like yourself after, after Brian's thought? Sorry, guys. 
No, you're good. We'll still jump right to it. So Coach Aoki, it sounds like the question is, what's the best way for either a high school coach or a community college coach to help get their players recruited by a Division One college coach like yourself? Um, I think that that coach can, number one, I think it would be really good if high school coaches and college, uh, junior college coaches could could go watch Division One baseball, right? Go, go watch it and, and see it so that they have an idea of what it kind of looks like. And then I think they can help the young man because I think this is one of the most difficult things is for these young players to understand where they might fit in in the college landscape, right? And uh, they might be the very best player in Southwest Michigan, but for nine years, I lived in Southwest Michigan and there were some good players, but the overall, it's kind of like the, the big fish in the small pond deal, right? And then once you help them to get there, I think it's encouraging that young man to, to reach out, help him maybe make like a little highlight video. You don't need one of these like super expensive scouting services. You put a video together of the kid hitting or pitching, you know, you try to get the flight of the ball off the bat or out of the hand if he's pitching and put it together in a little two minute thing and then write an email to each of these coaches and say, Hey, you know, I'm Brian Kane. I live in, you know, where Scottsdale, Arizona, it's not Scottsdale, right? Where I, um, but you know, and, and, and I go to, you know, whatever high school and um, I'm a right-handed pitcher and this, you know, I've got a little video clip here and uh, here's the name and number of my high school coach, my travel coach, my junior college coach, if that's the case. Um, I know a lot of junior college coaches are really, really proactive in terms of sending the names out, sending videos with them. Uh, we comb through all of them. You know, we, we, we try to comb through all of them. So I, I think, but I think it's always best if the kid can lead it um, and, and, and have a little, have the presence of mind to, to be able to have a conversation with, you know, in my case, kind of an older fart. So, <laughs> you know, Co coach Aoki, one of the, one of the things I think that, uh, you know, another question that came up here from Marty, who's an athletic director in, in Colorado. Uh, and he said, you know, when, when talking about transactional versus transformational to kind of pull it back to maybe where we started our conversation today, he said, he talks with his coaches and athletes about goals versus a purpose. And he says, if you don't have a purpose, your goals, outcomes that you're looking for, in your case, winning, become your purpose, and that leads to transactional. How do you as a coach, Mick, focus on purpose with your players and other coaches? Um, I, I think I'm answering the right question here. Um, but, you know, for, for us, over the whole deal, uh, the umbrella, right, uh, over a top of all of the stuff that we want to do is that basically – Hey, we want to develop young men who are going to be leaders and productive members of the societies and or in the communities in which they they end up living, right? Um, and that's what we want to do. We want to find kids who are overachievers who work like crazy and are going to be great members of their communities in, in the yeah. first place. But and there's a step by step process, right? Your MVP process and all of it, and an eagle is being a big big part of it. Um, and but their purpose, the purpose for us is to like, hey, we want to we want to produce quality young men um, who are going to go out and be great husbands and fathers and co-workers and members of their community. And that and, and that ultimately is what we're going to do. These other sort of things of, you know, be above a 3.0 to win 40 games, to win all of these. That's the, the, the pursuit of that. Right. Is. is the journey, the lessons are in the journey, not necessarily in, the, you know, not necessarily in the outcome. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that that's, that's what we try to teach and, and promise all the time. So I, I agree a hundred percent, hundred percent that, you know, you got to have a purpose. What is it that you're trying to accomplish? What is it that you're trying to get out of baseball or golf or, or, or anything like that? You don't want the, you know, you don't want to be the state title to be the ultimate purpose of what you're doing. I think that's a hundred percent correct. Yeah. It's just, that's a, that's a step in the journey of where we're going. Right. Correct. And as I remember yep. hearing you say, when you would talk with the team, you know, and uh, that the journey between here and there is far better than both here and there. And I yeah. think that, I think that was on a cold snowy day in South Bend when you said the journey between here and there is far better than both here and there. And that's really what we're talking about is that journey. And I think for, you know, coaches that are, that are on the call, our current coaches and potential, you know, franchise owners. And I think one of the things that we want to make sure we know is that, you know, fundraising university, they're, they're always looking for individuals that are competitive. They're self-starters. They're empathetic. They're organized, teachable. They're looking for, for people like you coaches to partner with. And if you're a current coach, who's interested in, in joining as an ambassador coach with fundraising university to help programs, your program or others in your area to be able to raise the funds so they can dream big, they can do more contact coach Mike Bahoon at mbahoon at fundraising the letter u.net to inquire about assistant coach or area representative positions and openings within fundraising university so that you can help those programs go from being transactional to transformational because Mick as you know as a coach it takes it takes having some funding to be able to do some of the extra things that you want to do to grow a culture to grow a program right what are some of those those other maybe team building activities that you mentioned you do or culture building activities that, you know, you do fundraising for it so that you can give your team more than just the baseball experience. I mean, over the course of my coaching career, there, there's, there've been a lot of them, right? I mean, there, even if it's just a, you know, I remember I was at BC and we flew down, we we're going to go play Maryland. We got there early. So we got a chance to go play, you know, go watch the Red Sox against Baltimore that night. Um, you know, it's we've taken when I was at Notre Dame, we raised a bunch of money to go to the Dominican Republic and we played games and we did some community service things, showing up at an orphanage, cleaning a baseball field, different things like that, that I thought was really that I thought was amazing. Um, it was a really eye opening experience for me. Um, but even just, you know, I mean, when we're just talking about even meals, right? I mean, and you want to have some an extra, one of the occasional meals that the NCA allows for you to have. I mean, those are things that are, you know, you, you need some money to be able to do that, whether it's a pitching machine that you want to be able to help your team with, or, you know, the latest piece of whatever tech it is that's out there that you want to help your team get better with, you know, um, I, I think all of the, all of those things need money and all of those things, you know, aren't typically things that are budgeted for Beautiful. Beautiful. Mick, and, you know, kind of as we bring, um, you know, this episode of the Coaching Matters Group Coaching Podcast and kind of start wrapping up just a couple more questions for you. And and one of which was, you know, you've been around some great coaches in your career. And kind of as, as we look at, you know, coaches, I think we've all been impacted by other coaches, whether it's when we were an athlete, when we were a coach. And that's why we're so passionate about coaching and giving back to others. What are some of the characteristics of the best coaches that you've been around, whether they're national championship winning coaches or they're, they're just coaches that you like to emulate and that you respect and look up to? What are some of those best characteristics you've seen of the top coaches in the game? Well, my feeling of it is um, that they're the exact same characteristics or qualities that probably led most of this group 
into becoming coaches, right? It was that he or she really cared for you, like cared for you as a person, was interested in you as a person. Um, they held you to a high standard, regardless of how, you know, they like how much they cared for you. That didn't mean that you could just go slap it around the next day and not put in the effort that was required, right? They held you to a really high standard and they pushed you to do that thing. And I think at the end of the day, they like inspired you, it inspired you and, and gave you confidence to go out there and put yourself in the, uh, on the line and in the arena, right? I mean, Teddy Roosevelt's, you know, the man in the arena is like my, is so my favorite thing, you know, that is, that's um, because you are, you're, you're putting yourself out on the line for judgment. And in this day and age, I think that's a, that's a really hard one. Um, and so the person who cares for you as a person, the person who pushes you really hard, the person who inspires you and, and, and the person who ultimately, you know, really gives you some confidence in who and what you are and that you bring value to not only the team, but to, to, to their lives. Beautiful. Coach Aoki, last question I have for you. And I appreciate you taking time, man, as a division one college baseball coach and a guy with a, with a, a fa- an active family, we can hear them running around there trying to, they're waiting for you to go out there and, and throw the ball around and get after it, man. <laughs> you know, the, uh, Last question I have for you is, you know, the title of, of this podcast and group coaching program is called Coaching Matters. Why does coaching matter for you? I think there's, I think first and foremost, like besides maybe your parent, your parents, I think coaches spend more time with the people that, that, that they coach than any, than anybody really, you know? And so you, we have, an unbelievable influence and you we just you know you just pray and hope that every day and you go out there and work that 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 influence is a really positive one um but i think that you can shape the lives in a positive way for for young people the people that we coach and so it is incredibly and teachers do it too we're just teachers that get a chance to spend a heck of a lot more time with them than the average teacher gets to spend with their student and, and we're also teachers to have people that come and evaluate what we do called fans and media who have an opinion whose opinions really don't matter. <laughs> and they're going to tell you, you know, Hey, you're not getting the results you want. Here's a for sale sign on your lawn, you know, but that's part of the privilege of being a coach is that's part of what we, what we go through and we know we're getting into it. And I think that's why it's so important that we focus on the transformational instead of the transactional while we focus on being an Eagle in, in teaching and modeling, having a great attitude, having no fear, bringing energy, having an approach and a process to what we do, being gritty, loving the process, loving each other and giving a relentless effort. It's why we focus on the event plus response equals outcome model and choosing our response by living above the line, not below the line, and you know, creating that high degree of accountability in the locker room to go from a coach-fed program to a player-led program by having discussions about how do we want to be remembered, who do we want to be, right? Our hero, our highlight, and our hardship, and sharing that vulnerability with each other, and you know, controlling the things that we can control, being where our feet are, and being that man in the arena, you know, and understanding that. Uh, when we go into that arena, we're not going in there alone. We're going in there with our experiences. We're going in there with the lessons that we've learned. We're going in there with everything that has shaped us to that moment in that, at that opportunity where we get to go in the arena. And we're not going in there alone, even though we're going in there, there may not be other people with us, but we're going in there with an army 
of people that have been behind us and shared lessons with us our entire life. And Coach Aoki, I want to say thank you on behalf of myself, on behalf of the coaches on this call, and on behalf of Fundraising University and Coaching Matters for taking the time to share some of your, your wisdom and um, experiences you know, with us here tonight. I'm a better coach for having been with you for the last hour. So I want to thank you for being here. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. I, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a plug a little bit as well. Um, I, I can't tell you how many of my players have come back and, and, and been really thankful for what they learned, you know, mostly from you um, as far as the mental game stuff, because the, the peak performance mental game stuff, it, it doesn't apply just to the baseball field. You know, the ideas of routines and habits and, um, you know, the, the idea of like preparation and understanding the E plus O, the pleasant moment focus, all of that stuff, all of that is, it, it, it's helpful for teachers, for Wall Street investors that I got a couple of those guys out there, to surgeons, to baseball players, to everything else. So um, it, I would suggest to anybody on this call that if they haven't signed up for the mental performance mastery series or something, or haven't had a chance to spend some time and dig into, you know, heads up baseball or things like that, that you're not just helping them be on the field. You're helping them with skills that are going to help them throughout the rest of their lives. I appreciate that, Mick. And that's, that's, that's kind of what ultimately put me into coaching the mental game was it was more transformational, you know, and that was what Ken Revisa gave to me. It's why I have his face tattooed on my heart. It's what my high school football coach, John Allen gave to me. And it's what I try to give back through the Coaching Matters podcast and having great people on here like yourself and, and through our coaches' certification. So if there's any coaches that are on this call or listening to this that are interested, if you go to briancane.com and click on certification or go to briancane.com and click on our, our athletes program, those are the programs that are going to help educate you on what it is when, when I would work with Coach Aoki and his programs and what it is largely that, that, that he's doing to help with the transformational coaching side. So, Coach, thanks for, thanks for that. I appreciate your words, man. It means a lot to me, and hopefully um, looking forward to going on another run with you, hopefully not through some snowy weather and getting a little fly-fishing <laughs> trip in, and maybe we'll get dinner again at the ABCA, man. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for checking out this week's Coaching Matters podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a subscribe and a review. Also, be sure to engage with us on social media here in the notes for the show. And remember, dream big, raise more, and coaching matters.